Why? Because it was coming out of them from what they saw God do and they were praising Him and it was flowing out of their hearts because they saw the mighty delivering hand and power of God, something they'd never seen before. And now they're like, you are the great I am. Anything that I need you to be, you are. And when God shows up in a brand new way that you've never seen Him show up before, you exalt Him and you praise Him. So we're talking about worship today, and I thought I'd just share some, some points on worship. Look, look at the person next to you, say some points on worship. So we started talking about the kingdom of God, and Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government, everybody say government, will be upon his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Three people excited. And then you can read in the book of Luke chapter 1 how uh, Mary encountered the angel Gabriel. The angel Gabriel came to Mary and gave her a message, gave her an assignment, say assignment. And the, the angel Gabriel told her that she was favored Say favored by God. And so she was favored by God. God had chosen her that she was going to birth the, ch the Son of God, that His name would be Jesus, that He would be very great, that He would be a king, and that His kingdom would last for how long? Forever. And so that was the announcement of the angel at the birth or the pregnancy of Mary. And she said, I'll accept the Lord's assignment, be it unto me according to your word. And so she birthed the Son of God. And Jesus is his name, and he is a king. Everybody say, he's a king. And he came to this earth to bring his government. The government shall be upon his shoulders. And so we started talking about the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is actually a place. It is in heaven. It is the place where God lives. It is the place where God rules the universe from. That's where His throne is. God created angels and thrones and powers and all kinds of servants serving in His kingdom. But this is an invisible kingdom. Everybody say invisible. And so He wanted to bring His invisible kingdom to earth. And that invisible kingdom He wants to expand. So every king wants to expand his kingdom. And so a couple of things about a king. Number one, a king has territory. Everybody say territory. You can't have a you can't you don't have a king without a kingdom. He has territory. Not only does he have territory, but the king actually has law in his kingdom. Everybody say law. So he has to have a system that he rules by. He's going to have order in his kingdom. And the way that he brings order to his kingdom is he establishes laws. Everybody say laws. And so when we talk about laws, most of us, we don't really like it. Because you want to run the red light. I know you do. Look at the person next to you and say, you need laws. So that there's order. 
And so the Bible talks about three kinds of laws, right? There's the laws of creation. Everybody say the laws of creation. The laws of creation were established so that the sea would end where it ends. It has boundaries to it. God set laws for the sun and the moon and the stars for times and seasons. If they didn't have laws to operate by, the sun would do its own thing. The moon would do its own thing. Everything would be out of order and we'd probably either freeze to death or burn to death because the sun decided he didn't want to stay in his rotation. Well, I don't feel like rotating at seven billion miles from the earth. I want to be closer to the earth. And we all die because the sun wanted to do its own thing. And so laws are important. You say amen. Like if we didn't have the law of gravity, we would, we'd be floating on the earth right now. <laughs> the only thing keeping us on the planet, on the earth, is gravity. If we did not have gravity, we would be in serious trouble. Your house wouldn't even, you'd have to try and anchor it. But the flinging of the, I don't know how that would work. Say we need laws. Say there's natural laws. But then there's another set of laws. Jesus has his kingdom laws. This is how he rules. This is how he operates. He gives us laws to live by. Those are important. If we're going to live in his kingdom, we've got to live according to his government. Can you say amen? But, you know, we live under this thing called grace. Everybody say grace. And there's this hyper grace message going around in the church nowadays. Where because Jesus loves me, because Jesus died for me, because He has forgiven my sins, I can sin. I can live in sin. Why? Because I know that He will forgive me. And that's very, very dangerous. Say super dangerous. Because the laws of God are still the laws of God. Can you say amen? They did not pass away. They did not go away. The Ten Commandments still stand, just by the way. Maybe we should read those, because if I asked you how many of the Ten Commandments could you actually quote, don't put your hand up. Say law. So here's one. Exodus chapter 20, verse 2. I am the Lord your God who rescued you from the land of Egypt, the place of slavery. I am the Lord your God who delivered you from captivity in sin. Did he do that for anybody? Say, thank you, Jesus. Therefore, you must not have any other God but me. Say, he's the only one. And what is he looking for? He's looking for us to worship him because worship is reserved for him and him alone. Can you say amen? Say, my worship is reserved for one, him and him alone. And he says here in the next verse, you must not have any other God but me, and you must not make for yourself an idol of any kind or any image of anything in the heavens or on the earth or in the sea, and you must not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God and will not tolerate your affection. Well, you think I'm rough. 
Did you just read that? He says, I am a jealous God and I will not tolerate. Have you ever had a parent say, I will not tolerate that? Yeah, there, there was the lion belt that came out of the closet. They will not tolerate it. And you're going to get the whipping of your life. Can you say amen? He says, I will not tolerate your affection for any other gods. Yo, he keeps going. And I will lay the sins of the parents upon their children, and the entire family is affected. Even children in the third and the fourth generation of those who reject me. He's saying, listen, I take this you worshiping other gods so seriously I will not tolerate it. And if you worship an idol or another God, not only will it hit you, but three, four generations down the road, your children will suffer from the punishment you're going to receive. You know, we talk about, oh, this God of love, this God is so full of grace, I can sin. Do whatever I want to do. I don't think you know the God I know. I don't know which God you grew up knowing, but it wasn't the Lord God Almighty, the creator of heavens and earth. When His glory comes in the room and the spirit of the fear of the Lord rolls before Him, you are not saying, oh, I'm in the glory. No, you are on your face crying your eyes out saying, God, please don't kill me. These people talk about going to heaven and encountering God and their lives are not changed. Lies. Vain imagination. Too much gluten. (laughs) Verse 6, it gets better. But I lavish unfailing love for a thousand generations on those who love me and obey my commandments. Oh boy, that's your scripture. Look at the person next to you say, that's my scripture. I lavish my love upon my children that obey me for A thousand generations. Say the blessing is greater than the curse. Who's a first generation Christian? You are like the first one in your house that actually really served the Lord. You didn't come from a lineage. You broke out of the curse and you made a decision. You're serving God. And you've had to fight some giants and some battles and some demons and some stuff. But your children are going to be blessed because of the decision that you made that you were going to worship the Lord your God, that you were going to serve Him. They're not going to have to fight battles that you had to fight. Can you say amen? Say, my kids are blessed. My grandkids are blessed. According to that scripture, 1,000 generations of my family line will be blessed because I serve and obey the Lord. Verse 7, you must not misuse the name of the Lord your God. And it keeps going. Keep the Sabbath. Take a day out of the week to rest and to honor God. I remember the days when If you didn't get your stuff by Saturday at 5, that was it. You starved Sunday because nothing was open. Who lived in those days? (laughs) COVID helped us turn back the clock a little bit, but we're not quite there. And so we need to take a day of the week and honor the Lord. And we need to take a day to rest. Anybody guilty? Say, I. So I'm going to go through these quickly. It says, honor your father and mother, and you will live a long, full life in the land the Lord is giving you. 
That hasn't disappeared, by the way. Can you say amen? Oh, this is a good one. You must not murder. You must not commit adultery. Oh, now we're touching stuff, Pastor. Mm, you're messing with my sex life. This ain't good. It's not me. It's Jesus. He said as long as it's confined to marriage, it's fine. Outside of it, woo. You must not steal. You need to take those pens back. You bring the pens back from church. Every week you walk out with another pen. You go to your house, there's a jar with pure church pens. There's like 30 of them. Every time you give an offering, you get another pen. We have need of them in the house of the Lord. Who's got pens? Bless you, brother. <laughs> you must not testify falsely against your neighbor. Don't lie about other people. In these days, in, in one or two people as witnesses that testify against you got you killed. They make up lies about you. Do you know that you destroy people's reputation when you lie about them? We have it in our, uh, you know, we have childcare, obviously. Do you know that when a child lies about what a counselor or a teacher has done to them, it puts their whole career on the line? It's a serious thing. Do not testify falsely against your neighbor. You must not covet your neighbor's house, your neighbor's wife, male or female servants, ox, donkey, or anything else that belongs to your neighbor. If you covet somebody else's stuff, jealousy is going to kick in. Do you know what jealousy is? Jealousy is a murdering spirit that'll do whatever it needs to do to bring destruction to you so that what you have will be freed up for them to lay hold of. And so these are the commands of the Lord. They are not suggestions. Say so these are commandments. Commandments. They are not the ten suggestions. They're not suggestions. If I feel like it, I'm not going to murder anybody today. These are rules that God has set up for the community to live by. There's not going to be order in the community of God, in the kingdom citizens, if they don't follow the laws of the king. Can you say amen? amen. And so, there's the laws of God, how he runs his kingdom. And if you will submit to his kingdom laws, the law will take control of your life and begin to bless you. I don't have time to get into it. But the minute that you choose to submit to a spiritual law, that law grabs hold of your life and it lifts you into things that you could never put yourself in. Can you say amen? Look at somebody and tell them laws are not bad. Laws are needed. But there is a certain kind of law that Jesus did away with. They were the ritual, ceremonial laws that they practiced in the Old Covenant, we no longer slaughter sheep and put the blood of a sheep on you, on your ear, on your thumb, on your big toe. 
How many of you can say, thank you, God, that I don't have to bring an animal to the church for pastor to kill it, cut its throat, let the blood drain out, and then take the blood with hyssop and water and then sprinkle it on you? You think you're thankful. You don't know how thankful I am. Because there's no way that I would pull out a butcher knife and slaughter an innocent little sheep. You can die in your sins. Thank you very much. This sheep will live. Hallelujah. Because they did not have the Holy Ghost living on the inside of them, there were these rituals and things that they did to represent what God was about to do. And so there, there are religious practices that has been done away with because they're part of the old covenant. They're not part of the new covenant. Can you say amen? And so there are religious laws and practices. We don't need incense coming down the aisle to represent the Holy Ghost being here. Because He's here. Can you say amen? We don't have to slaughter sheep and put blood on you. Why? Because the blood of Jesus is on the doorposts of your heart. It's already a finished work. Can you say amen? I don't need to have 10 gallons of oil up here to dunk people in oil to represent that they got baptized in the Holy Ghost. Those are symbols. I don't have to dress up in the priestly garments and do all these things in the natural any longer. And so there are some laws that have been done away with. Can you say amen? Say the laws of God still stand. And so the Lord says, you shall not have any other gods before me. You will not give your affection and love and adoration to anyone but me. Look at the person next to you say, worship. According to the dictionary, this is what it says. It is a feeling or expression of reverence and adoration for a deity. The word adoration means deep love and respect. How many of you deeply love God and respect God? That's us. Can you say amen? And so that's the foundation that we're on. We only worship one God. There's no other God. It's Him and Him alone. But I want to talk a little bit about our worship. In no way am I criticizing us, in a sense. No, and I'm not going to blow up the building and end what we're doing. But I do want to take us a little bit deeper. Can we go a little bit deeper? Can we go to like the heart of worship? We were going there today. That's what we were practicing but I want to share some things that I've written down. Do you know that the very first song recorded in the Bible was back in the book of Exodus, chapter 15? Let's go check out the song. Because if we're going to sing songs that are worship and praise unto God, maybe we can learn something from the very first song that was written in the Bible. What do we think about that? So much excitement in the room. I'm so excited to do this. This is what it says. This is after Moses. This is after Moses split the Red Sea. The Egyptian army 
coming down to kill the Israelites. Why? Because Pharaoh let his slaves go. They had killed his firstborn son as the final plague that hit Egypt. He finally released them and let them go. They stripped the Egyptians of all their wealth. If you're an Egyptian, I'm sorry. Stripped the Egyptians of all their wealth. And now they're heading to the wilderness to go worship God. Everybody know the story of Moses? Pharaoh's mad. He sends the Egyptian army to go get him, to kill him, to destroy him. They get to the Red Sea. Moses raises up his arm. The Red Sea splits. The water went hither and thither, according to the King James. Hither and thither. And the wind blew and the whole Israelite family crossed the Red Sea on dry ground. A couple of million people. And there was a pillar of fire holding back the Egyptian army. They couldn't get to the Israelites. Well, when they were almost the other side, the pillar of fire moves. And here comes the Egyptian army following them right into the sea. And what does Moses do? He lifts his hand. Wiped out the entire army. Never to be seen again. And let's see what happened. Then Moses and the people of Israel sang this song. I will sing to the Lord for he has triumphed gloriously. He has hurled both horse and rider into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has given me victory. This is my God and I will praise him. My father's God and I will exalt him. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord's a warrior. Like, where did these guys, the Lord's a warrior, really? Where did they get that idea from? They just watched God destroy an entire army, and they said, he's a warrior. He's not worried. He's a warrior. Yahweh is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his army he has hurled into the sea. He has hurled into the sea the finest of the Pharaoh's officers, and they are drowned in the Red Sea. The deep waters gushed over them, and they sank to the bottom like a stone. You can tell this isn't rhyming very well. I'll just point that out while we're here. Your right hand, O Lord, is glorious in power. Your right hand, O Lord, smashed the enemies. Yes. In the greatness of your majesty, you overthrow those who rise against you. You unleash your blazing fury. Man, this is quite a passionate little song that these guys have got going on. It consumes them like straw. At the blast of your breath, the waters piled up. The surging waters stood straight like a wall. In the heart of the, of the sea, the deep waters became hard. The enemy boasted, I will chase them, I will catch up with them, I will plunder them, and I will consume them. I will flash my sword, my powerful hand will destroy them. But you blew your breath, and the sea covered them, and they sank like lead in the mighty waters. Who is like you among the gods, O Lord, glorious in holiness, awesome in splendor, Performing your great wonders. 
you raised your right hand and the earth swallowed our enemies. I mean, we're excited. Amen. Kill them. We got problems, people. With your unfailing love, you lead the people you have redeemed. Say, that's me. In your might, you guide them to your sacred home. The peoples hear and tremble. Anguish grips those who live in Philistia. Hope I said that right. The leaders of Edom are terrified. The nobles of Moab tremble. All who live in Canaan melt away. Terror and dread fall upon them. The power of your arm makes them lifeless as stone. Until your people pass by, O Lord. Until the people you purchased pass by. You will bring them in, plant them on your own mountain. The place, O Lord, reserved for your own dwelling. The sanctuary, O Lord, that your hands have established. The Lord will reign forever and ever. So this is the song that they sang, a song of praise, a song of love, a song of deep respect and worship to God. A couple of things. First thing I want to say is that this is a new song. Everybody say a new song. Psalm 96 tells us, sing a new song unto the Lord. What does that mean? Where does the song come from? You know, we ask you sometimes in worship, sing a new song to God. And everybody looks at us like we're crazy. What is a new song? A new song is a song that you sing from your heart unto God about something He just delivered you from. A breakthrough that He he brought you through something and gave you a breakthrough. You're singing about God and what He just did for you. Three people are excited. You know why only three people are excited? Because people are not experiencing the glorious, life-changing, awesome, resurrection power of God. They're stuck in religion. So God ain't done nothing for you lately. Hold back, Nick. Chill out, bro. Just chill. It's this tie. It's choking me. I need to deliver some truth to us this morning. I think we've got a little comfortable with our worship. I think we've got a little comfortable singing songs that other people wrote to become famous. Songs that are all about me, me, I, I. Not songs that truly come from your heart, from a place where God delivered you, saved you, provided for you, healed you, and set you free. Gabby can write a song this morning. She can write a song about when she was in third grade. I think Moses was rapping. I really feel like Moses was rapping. He was doing some spoken word right here. The first song did not have um, any rhyme or poetic flow to it. It was like, in your fury, you crushed them and they died. 
Why? Because it was coming out of them from what they saw God do, and they were praising Him, and it was flowing out of their hearts because they saw the mighty delivering hand and power of God, something they'd never seen before, and now they're like, you are the great I am. Anything that I need you to be, you are. And when God shows up in a brand new way that you've never seen Him show up before, you exalt Him and you praise Him. Yeah, I didn't know he could heal cancer, but then he healed me of cancer, and now I'm free. Who is a healer? He's a cancer destroyer. That's what these guys were doing. That was their praise. It was bubbling out of them. They didn't care if it was melodic, if it rhymed. They weren't worried about if it sounded good. They were just celebrating because of what God had done for them. And family, that's the place our praise needs to come from. That's the place that our worship needs to come from. The place of encounter. The place where we see the power and the hand of God. The place where we take the Word of God and apply it and see God break through and it's true. Oh, it really works. And then it is a continual praise. That begins to flow out of you. You don't, we don't need to hire people. We don't need to hire cheerleaders. Come on, everybody, clap your hands. Come on, everybody, jump for what the Lord has done. No, you can't wait to roll in the doors because I got a testimony of what my God did this week for me and my family. And I'm coming to the house of God to praise Him and testify of the goodness of God. But we have to break out of this, the things that are keeping us separated from living in the kingdom. Look at the person next to you say, we got to break out of the things keeping us separated from knowing God this way. Gabby told me when she came in here, she had no idea what to expect. She said, I wasn't sure if you were going to put holy water on me. I said, if you'll just touch the hem of his garment today, you'll be made whole. I, I got up here talking about the woman with the issue of blood. I had guest speakers here. But I had the guest speakers sit and wait until I delivered what was in my heart. She needed to hear it. Bleeding 11 days from a miscarriage. I'm talking about the woman with the issue of blood who'd been bleeding for 12 years. On the 12th day, her bleeding stopped. Why? Because when she came and gave her life to Jesus, she grabbed the hem of His garment and her bleeding dried up. See, it's not just a story in the Bible. It actually happened in her life. And family, the stories in the Bible have to come off the pages and they need to become testimonies in your life. So whatever you need, He's I Am. He named Himself I Am blank. I am whatever you need me to be. You need, to be a, you need me to be a healer right now? I'll heal you. You need me to provide for you now? Well, I am, I am healer. I am provider. What's crazy is Angel over there needs joy. Mike over here needs peace. And Dr. Hood over there, he needs happy, whatever he needs. And so God is a joy giver. 
He's a peace giver, and he's a provider. He, three people in the room experienced the same God in a different way, just tapped into another aspect of who he is. Oh, so whatever you need from him, you can grab hold of it. But you've got to come believing and expecting that he is the God who he says he is. And if you're living right in line with the kingdom, he said, seek first the kingdom. Live according to my laws. Live righteously. And all these things shall be added. Say added. So we need to prioritize living according to the government of God. And we'll never have to worry about anything. Say, I'm not living my own way. I'm not going to live rebellious. I'm going to live for Him. How many of you know what I'm talking about right now? You're seeing the hand of God provide in ways just because you're choosing to obey Him and live for Him. But let me tell you something. As you renew your mind to new laws and new ways of God and you submit yourself to those things, you'll see another breakthrough. It's that simple. What you need to do is you need to shift out of rebellion and shift into obedience, and you'll walk in perpetual blessing. Can you say amen? And so talking about our worship, I don't want to sing songs that people wrote to be famous. I don't. I can tell the difference. There's a difference between a song that has the presence on it, that brings me into the presence, and a song that just helps me understand who you are. Make me look at how amazing you are. You need to cut some of the worldly trash music out of your life. The me, 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 I, I. And then all the profane, you need to delete TikTok. Just tell you right now. There's not one clean song in TikTok promise you. There's nothing clean. Everything's got a cuss word in it. It's just nasty trash. You don't need to be putting that in your ears. Can you say amen? amen. All the other people, listen, I'm sorry, but I heard some song with Nicki Minaj and some Christian lady, whatever, and she was rapping on it. God have mercy. You can tell when people are living the lifestyle and, and singing from a pure place and those who are just using a, a song to tap into the Christian community to make money. Is this true? Not picking on anyone. I'm just making a point. God isn't looking for you to be repetitious in your worship. What we do is we find a song that... I like. Look at the person next to you say, it's a song that you like. It's a song that gives you pleasure. We sing songs that we like. We listen to artists that we like to hear. I'm not, look, I'm not tearing artists apart. I'm coming to your heart concerning worship. Can you say amen? There's nothing wrong with you singing a song. But if that's the only song you sing continuously and you call that worship, it ain't worship. It's you getting pleasure from a Christian song. We got to go a little bit deeper. Can you say amen? 
Worship comes from a pure heart, from encounter and experience where God has broken you through. Now you close your eyes and you say, God, I was in drugs, but you delivered me from drugs. I got something to praise my God about. Can you say amen? Why? Because it's real to me. It comes from a pure heart, not my mind that I learned. It came from an experience. And that's what the Lord's looking for. He's looking for you to worship Him. We can get so caught up in everything we put together to help you worship, and you think you're worshiping. You're just preoccupied with what we've provided. And it has to come to the place where it's your heart worshiping Him because you know Him, because you love Him, because you adore Him, and you can't help but say, thank you. You've been good to me. Can you say amen? So you can be driving down the road, rapping your own melody, a new song that you sing, what God did for you, and that is more pure than just going through the motions. Why? Because the Lord wants to have a relationship with you. He wants it to be real, and He wants it to be personal. The person next to you say, we're getting to the heart of worship. It needs to be real. It needs to be personal. It's not about my enjoyment. It's not about how good it sounds. And it doesn't matter what other people think. Because you're not worshiping to please people or to make yourself sound good to the person next to you. I will never sing as good as Siobhan. And neither will you. Even in the shower. Can we say amen? And so, this isn't about competition. This isn't about being the best singer. This isn't about you standing there and singing in such an amazing voice that everybody turns to you and says, Wow, you're better than Siobhan. Do you want to take over? It's not what it's about. And we need to break through all these things so that we can really get to the place where we're really worshiping God. That we can give Him the honor and love and adoration that is due to His name. Because He deserves it. And we need to stop being preoccupied with ourselves, with what we like, what we don't like. And if you don't know the words to the song, you can sing your own song. That's where it's coming from anyway. Yes, does it sound good when we all sing together? It's amazing. Am I knocking it? No. I love doing it. I love us singing the songs that we know, and it's fun. It's great. We sound good together. Yes, there's some songs we identify with. Egypt, you know, I won't forget how you brought me and delivered me and saved me and set me on the rock. Yes, we get the picture. We understand it. Those are all great songs, and Siobhan is very careful in selecting songs. That we don't just sing songs to glorify self, but we're actually listening to the words and finding out if they glorify Him. There's nothing wrong with this. Praising and clapping and dancing. Us celebrating in the house of God. But we've got to go a little deeper. Can you say amen? We've got to get to the place where it's you and Him. Where you're worshiping Him. I see people standing around just because they don't like what's being sung or the tune or the beat. Their mouths are shut. 
I notice people come in at the end of praise and worship. Show up late. Why? Because I don't understand why we do all of that. It's too long. Just, I love you. Just want to help you. Can you say amen? If our praise is too loud, we have earplugs in the foyer that you can grab and plug in your ears. We make them available. But I can't help but shout. I can't help but celebrate. I know where I was and I know where I am today. I know how thankful I am. Can you say amen? And there is no way that I'm coming to the house of God and giving God some half-hearted praise. When I sing, I don't sing from my head. I sing from my heart and I put emotion behind it. And yeah, I might not sound like Siobhan, but you know what? I'm making a joyful noise unto the Lord. Can you say amen? And then I tap into the presence. So there's people in here that get hit. They tap in. They walk out of here lit and ignited and excited because they touched something because they went to a real place. And then other people are just spectating and la, la, whatever the case may be. And they walk out of here as dizzy as they walked in. Say, that's me. <laughs> oh, you're like, no, that ain't me. That ain't me. I'm on the other side. Can you say amen? I'm just helping the people. I'm doing this so you know what to tell the new people when they come next week. Can you say amen? Say, no, I'm good. Thanks, thanks for just confirming what I already know. Say, my worship isn't a waste. True praise and worship is a result of what God has done for you. It comes naturally from your heart. Let's stand this morning, afternoon, this evening, wherever we are. Here's what I want you to know. When you get the revelation that God is the source of everything in your life. Say this, the source of everything in my life. We talk about God being our source. Why is He the source? Because He created everything. Why is He? The, because He put the iron in the ground and He gave you the idea to make a car. He's the source of it all. The clothing that you're wearing. He, he put cotton in the fields and he showed men how to take that and make thread. And, and then somebody creative made clothing. And then somebody took color from nature and added colors to it. And then they found different textures. The food. He put all the seed in the ground. Bearing after its own kind. Fruit after its own kind. He's the source of everything. He's the source of cars, houses, stuff, things, food, everything you need. He's the source of it all. He owns everything. It all belongs to Him. We own nothing, by the way. You're just the manager. You're holding it while you're here. But when you leave, it stays behind. He's the source of your life. He's the source of your peace. He is strong. He is mighty. He is able. Anything that you need, our God, the God we serve, He has the ability to break you through, bring you through, take you to the other side. Save, heal, deliver, set free. 
But what we have to do is when we come to Him, we have to believe that He exists. We cannot become indifferent about God and the presence of God and the things of God and about who He is. We can get so comfortable with coming to church that we forget about the one we serve and the one we worship. And I'm telling you right now, if you will set your heart on Him, make Him the priority in your life, and you will pursue Him with everything that you've got, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and all your strength, and you don't let things get in the way, you don't let things pull you away, you stay firm, you stay planted, you stay solid, you set your face, and even if you drift, you come back. Because you know that whatever you need, He is the great I Am. He's the Lord God Almighty, the Creator of heaven and earth. He's the Creator of all things. Everything He created exists for Him and for His purposes, for His pleasure. And we get to be His kids. We get to enjoy everything that He has created. But when it comes time to worship, there's only one we worship. We, we don't worship Him for stuff. Can you say amen? We worship Him for who He is. I'm just so glad to be a part of the family. No matter what you're going through, I got you and you got me too. What's up?